Hey everyone, we're on a break right now, but we wanted to bring you an encore of an episode we released back in October of last year called Investing Assumptions. We hope you enjoy this episode again, and we'll be back soon with new episodes. Hey everyone, we're talking about the common assumptions about investing and how they can lead us away from achieving financial freedom. These include the assumptions that my home is an investment or that my investment home will make me all this money or I don't have money to invest or if I keep refinancing, I'll keep making more money. Shares versus property, you have to choose a side. And then later in the show, we'll give you the big three things that determine whether you're actually investing or just gambling. I'm Archie and you're listening to Mind Over Money. Archie, how you going? G'day, Lachlan. Yeah, fantastic, mate. So today we're talking about investing. Yeah, love talking about investing. Yeah, I love this topic. So uh, right off the bat, for our listeners, what what is investing really about? Because there's a lot of assumptions around investing, and I guess that's what we want to talk about today is assumptions when they go wrong. Uh, so we've got things like property versus shares, We've got assumptions around how to invest and what what investing actually is. So, so what is what is investing really about? Yeah, mate. So the the goal of investing is really about creating uh, stable financial assets that grow and that create income that we're going to need throughout our lifetime. So when we think about investing, we tend to go into two camps. I find people go heavy into property or they go into the the shares. And, you know, when we say shares, we don't just mean direct shares. We could be talking about, you know, managed funds, ETFs, things like that. Um, But they lean into each side where it's almost as if they're competing with each other, right? But is that an assumption in itself? Are they really competing with each other or? Well, both, both of them can be investments or both of them can be gambling, it all depends on what your assumptions are and how you're managing it and how you've structured things. Uh, mm. And that's, that's where we find for far too many people, they, they want financial freedom. You know, Aussies want financial freedom and they want to achieve it quickly, like within five to 10 years, which is totally mm. doable, but they don't understand the structuring and they don't understand the actual figures and, you know, what needs to go in. Yeah, whether it's a property investment or share investment, what actually go, needs to go in to make that work and turn it into an investment rather than gambling. Yeah, right. So I guess instead of the question of property or shares, it's really what's the goal? If the goal is financial freedom, that's the basis where we can understand what's actually going to bring us financial freedom. And then yeah. we can start looking at property shares or both. Yeah. There's surveys out there. Australians want financial freedom within a couple of years. They don't want to wait their entire life to start living mm. in financial freedom. And that's doable. Yeah. I guess the first area we were talking about this before we hit record was the home and mm. how how big that the decision of what home we choose to buy can really affect how much cash flow we have and how much money we have to actually invest. So can can we talk about that a bit and how that can affect us? So we want to remove that assumption that, that our home is an investment. Our home is mm-hmm. not an investment. It's somewhere where we live and it's something mm-hmm. that's actually costing us money. And we're spending X amount of dollars every year on the home to live where we want to live and to have the lifestyle that we want to have. Uh, so l- let's get rid of that assumption. It's not an investment. 
Yeah. And, <laughs> and home costs can add up. Yeah. If we do an example here, right? Let's let's think yep. about a, a what a, a household income of two hundred thousand. What can we borrow with that? Yeah. So we could borrow up to six times, which would be one point two million on that two hundred thousand income. Um, but then we got to look at what are we going to end up with cost wise out of that. Mm. So we're going to have to pay you know interest at currently around five percent on that one point two mm. million home loan if we borrowed it six times. Yeah, it's getting, getting up there. We're going to have to pay 1% of that house price in repairs and maintenance. We're going to have to pay 1% in utilities. We're going yeah. to have uh, furniture and other items that have to go into that house and, and be maintained and looked after. Yeah, uh, We've got the inflation that's going to impact on all these costs around the home yeah. over time. And then we've also got the factor that the house is deteriorating. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so basically what we're saying is, yeah, if we if we look at the numbers, we can actually determine how much our house is going to cost us, and how much impact that's going to have on our ability to actually start to invest. Mm. Those costs really add up when you think of percentage wise. Yeah, if we halve that to a six hundred thousand dollar home, now that would change everything, right? That would that would free up cash flow that we're that we need, and the the yeah. cost of running that home would be lower. Correct. Yep. That's when, that's when we can bring the, the cost of the house right down mm. uh, to a level that's way more uh, effective for us from a cash flow point of view. And then we can actually start paying the house off really quickly. Yep. And, and that's, that's a key to getting financial freedom is getting that house paid off. And so mm. we're getting that house paid off and then that puts us in a position to start investing. Yeah. So, so to recap, the home is not an investment but it can be almost like an investment tool in the sense that if we if we choose a home that's suitable to our situation that helps us free up cash flow by paying it down so that mm. we can also invest then the home is still helping us with our investing goals it it can help yep. us and not hurt us uh from achieving financial freedom yeah yeah I, I like how you put that it it can help us not hurt us yeah i like that yeah <laughs> Yeah, because you know, we just wanted to camp there on the home for a second because that is the biggest, uh, not roadblock, but it's just the thing that can chew up the most amount of money. And yes. if we have assumptions around it, we've got we've we've got ourselves into this huge home, and it, you know it's going to be an investment. It's going to pay off in the long run. Uh, we can actually be missing out on what we can be doing now if we had the cash flow. If we if we were in the if if we're in a home that didn't cost as much to run, that cash flow. What can we mm. do with that today to invest for the future and achieve better result um, than trying to hang on to a, a ginormous home that uh, may not be actually serving us as well as we think it is? Yeah, well, it may not even be a ginormous home because it's all relative to our income. If our income's a hundred thousand dollars a year, mm. we've still you know, we're not going to be able to buy a ginormous home, um, but the amount that we borrow is still going to have a big impact. So, yeah. and that's why we used the assumption of 200000 there in our example was that we can halve it, you know, we can double it and people can, you know, work out their figures. Is ginormous a word? <laughs> <laughs> it's one I use. <laughs> that's a ginormous home. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, okay. With on, on property though, there's a lot of other uh, assumptions around investment homes, right? Oh, look, the assumptions I commonly run into around investment properties is that one is people think we need to have an investment property to get ahead and, mm. and thinking that that's the only way to get ahead. 
and and that someone else is going to pay off the property for us, and right. uh, mm-hmm. which is which is not correct. We've also got the assumption there that we're going to make all this money straight away out of an investment mm. property. And yeah, yeah. You know, the figures actually show us it's the other way around, is that that investment property is going to cost you money mm. and uh, it's going to have an impact on your cash flow. And, and that impact can be quite detrimental at times depending on what happens to your cash flow. Yeah, yeah. So, so those assumptions can really catch us out. Yeah. And, and so the other thing we see with investment properties is that uh, people will hold them for a certain amount of time uh, and then sell them and go, oh, you beauty, I made all this money and then go spend it. And again, they, there's the investment disappeared and, you know, you totally miss out on all the value <laughs> of what an investment's supposed to be. Yeah, right. Because, yeah, the investment is there to continue to grow and provide the income. Yes. And once we've sold yeah. that, uh, income's, income's over. That's it. I guess put a broad disclosure over this. We, you know, we do need to do our calculations and determine- yeah what it's really yep. going to cost to get into that property. Uh, and mm-hmm. can we actually hold it long enough to create that into a financial asset? So I guess that's, that's one assumption there is that people think I've got the property. It's now a financial asset. Is it really? <laughs> um, because it, it actually takes work to make it a financial asset. You know, you've got you've to keep that property maintained, but you've also got to pay it mm-hmm. down. So it gets to a place yep. where it's creating the income and it's not, it's not on autopilot. Take, yep. it takes work that's it I don't think you're going to hear any of this stuff from the property spruikers so that's why we're that's why we're talking about this on the podcast <laughs> uh, yeah yeah okay so the other assumptions would be then around shares right that people can just buy and pick shares and make this ginormous return there's that word ginormous again <laughs> uh, you know I, I see I see people talking about oh the ASX up you know um, let you know let's let's get in and buy something like as if you can just buy any share and the tide floats all boats you know when the the market's going gangbusters um, is this building a financial asset is this investing Archie <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so we come back to the goal of investing it is to create a stable financial asset that grows and creates income throughout your life so if we're just putting money into the market when we think we're going to make a return and then quickly taking it back out again that's not investing that mm. that's just gambling again the share spruiking yeah we're just after something really quick and we're going to end up spending that money and we don't actually achieve mm. anything with it and we still don't have a financial asset. So so we've got to come back and keep going. The goal is to create financial assets and those mm. assets, you know, are going to grow and those financial assets are going to produce income throughout our whole life for us. Yeah. And it takes time. Yeah, we're looking at yeah. like 30 years yeah. plus here. Yeah. Which I think we disregard. You know, we think 30 years and we go, oh, yeah, will I be around in 30 years? Like we're... We're, we're people living into their 90s now. So, you know, 30 years to, let's say, to build up to a million dollar investment. And then mm. for the next 30 years, that million dollars will generate many more millions, depending on the, the return on the investment. So even if we're 30 years now, this is a great time to start investing, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, you'll find for most of us, doesn't matter what our age, it's a great time for investing. Uh, but you've mm. got to look at your situation and what's going to be suitable for you uh, and, and, make, and make the most of it because there is a lot of money on the line, a lot of income on the line that you can easily miss out on if you don't invest. And 
there's a lot of fear around investing. And so that's what we're trying to do here is help people get past that fear, get some actual figures uh, and get that security of knowing that, hey, this is actually very doable. Um, we're going to put a link in the show notes. Depending on when you listen to mm. this, um, it'll, come, it'll come up soon in the show notes uh, with some resources around the cost, uh, the entry cost of investing in property and shares and the ongoing cost. And so but really what that's showing is what it's going to take to achieve a million dollars in financial assets over 30 years. And mm. it will just show you some general breakdowns of what kind of costs you could expect. Very good. So if we can get past our emotions and our assumptions, <laughs> we, we can actually find that for, for people on lower incomes, they have the opportunity to invest through shares and actually generate really good financial assets. And that can be both inside their super and outside super. And for lower income people, you know, this, this is a great opportunity. It takes very little money to generate some pretty good investments. And we're not talking supercharged returns or anything like that. Um, you know, if we start seeing people spruiking about great big returns, we know it's a scam. So, you know, we're not yeah. talking about that. <laughs> uh, we're just talking about, you know, uh, making average returns and, and sticking within the limits, you know, of keeping things, you know, fairly secure. So we, mm. if we can get past those emotions... Um, and we can get past the assumption that it's only property that's going to make me wealth or it's only property that's going to give me income. If we get past those assumptions, this, this whole big world can open up to us and you know, we can find ourselves doing extremely well very quickly uh, because there's, there's so much on offer to us, uh, stuff that probably my parents never had access to, uh, but it's definitely available today. After the break... We'll talk about the big three things that determine if you're actually investing or not. So we're talking about investing today. And if you've been thinking you have to wait to invest or that you need to buy a property in order to invest, then you might want to think again. Our Mortgage Crusher program, in partnership with Right Track Planning, it helps everyday Australians pay off their home within 10 years. That's right, 10 years all while building financial investments that provide income throughout your life. Well, how does all that work? Go listen to episode 17 of our podcast on Mortgage Crusher. You can click the link in the show notes to learn more. Okay, uh, Archie, there are three big things that actually determine whether we're investing or not, right? We call these the big three. Yep. What are they? <laughs> First one's making regular contributions to an investment. The second one is adequate returns achieved on that investment and reinvesting those returns. Hmm. And the third one is time allocated for the investment to achieve compounding returns. So so these these three, these are really to stop us from gambling, right? Yeah. So if these three aren't happening, we're probably not investing. We're probably just uh, having a go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having you, a if guess. You, if, yeah. You take, if you take away the regular contributions, you're definitely gambling. Uh, if you take away having adequate return and you're waiting for some big payoff, you're gambling. And, you know, if you don't give it enough time uh, and you're looking for something to happen really quickly, again, 
you're back to gambling again. <laughs> so let's break down each of those three a little bit there. So with regular contributions, what is that? What do you mean by that? So whether it's property or shares, uh, we've got to be putting money into the investment. So we've got to be contributing to it. And, uh, and that's where we can make assumptions that, oh, you know, the, the rent on the property is paying for the property. I don't need to put anything into it. And uh, that's not mm. true because you've got to pay the loan off. And so to pay the loan off, uh, you've got to put money in. So, so, yeah, whether it's property or shares, you've got to have those regular contributions happening. The contributions do need to be regular and consistent. That's where we always see the best results is having those regular, consistent contributions going in. Uh, you know, just throwing a lump sum in or throwing some money in and then hoping it's going to do okay, that's not the answer. Uh, it's, it's having those regular amounts going in. That's the key. And then when it comes to returns and reinvestment, what, is, what are the steps involved there? So we've got to have a target return uh, because when you do your calculations, especially if you look, say, over a period of 30 years, uh, you've got to have that target return that's going to achieve uh, what you need it to achieve from an investment point of view. Is it going to grow mm. fast enough? Is it going to produce enough income? Uh, you have that target return. So that target return could be, say, 12%. Mm. Uh, this gives us measurements. This gives us a way of knowing that we're on track and that our investments are working and that you know we're going to actually achieve our goals. And all of that return needs to be reinvested because mm. if we start taking that return, we lose our compounding effect. Mm. So, yep. so if we take the income that's being generated from an investment property, uh, that investment property you know, is now not going to achieve the return that we expect over time. So it's not going to grow into the investment that we expect. The same with shares. It's basically you're flattening the curve of compounding growth, which is the best yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And too many people redraw you know, and refinance their investments especially if mm. it's an investment property. And so, again, that keeps taking the profit out of and, and the, uh, the return out of the investment. And, mm. and so the investment ends up doing nothing. And you yeah. can easily get 20 years down the track and find that you've got a property that you still owe everything on mm. and you have no real investment. So, so that's yeah. the sort of stuff yeah. we want to avoid there. When it comes to time, time is our friend. Um, if we've got the first two correct. So if we're making the contributions, we've got the return on the investment and we're reinvesting it, then this, this is where the amazing stuff starts to happen because over time, a very small investment of 158000 of our money contributed over 30 years, which is only $4,000 a year, will turn into a million dollars if we're getting mm -hmm. at least an 8% return. So yeah. you know, we, we can achieve so much here uh, when we can figure out how much can we, in, you know, start putting in, and the sooner we put it in, the better. Uh, you know, so if we start contributing four thousand this year, and then next year we put in eight thousand, we keep going at eight thousand. Um, you know, we have a really good indication that you know we're going to build this really nice financial asset. And the issue that we have with time is that people give up too soon. They get five years down the track and they look at this investment that's got $50,000 in it and they go, oh, this thing's so puny. I think I'll just go buy a car, you know, or I'll, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'll, I'll just go, uh, I'll whack it into an investment property or something. And, and they don't let it actually achieve what it's supposed to achieve uh, because after five years, yeah, you won't have much there. But after 10 years, 
you've got like $80,000 or $90,000. Mm. Then after 20 years, you've got $200,000. Mm. And, and it just keeps on multiplying. And so you've done all the hard yards in the five to 10 year mark. And then most of the rest of it is going to be compounding returns. Yeah. So you take away one or more of these three things and you've basically gone from investing back to gambling, which is not what we yeah. want because that, no. that doesn't give us any benefits. <laughs> we, yeah. the, if the goal is financial freedom, we, we yeah. want to remove the assumptions and, and, and be investing. That's it. So wrapping up, um, I guess, what, what, do you, what do you hope that people can take away from what we've just talked about? Um, number one, really work out what your home is going to be. Uh, so that you know you can work out how much cash flow you can s- free up to actually invest. That that'd be the number one thing, and find a way of being content with your home. <laughs> uh, because you know if we lose yeah. that contentment, we're going to chase this thing that's going to basically kill our finances and kill our financial freedom. Yeah, because uh, the home is the biggest cost uh, to Australians. Um, be, be aware that, you know, refinancing to fix cash flow problems tells you that you've got actually a major problem. So, mm. uh, refinancing is not the way to fix things. Uh, there's something yeah. bigger at play there that needs to be looked at mm. and yeah, you know, watch out for these assumptions, you know, property versus shares, uh, you know, watch out for those assumptions about quick fixes, you know, whether it's property, this property is going to make me all this money and I'm going to have all this surplus income straight away. Watch out mm. for those assumptions because they're the things that really catch you out and cause a lot of financial confusion of, hang on, I did this thing, I should be doing really well and I'm not doing well. Mm. And, yeah. you know, and now I've got this cash flow mm. problem. Um, and it's usually because of those assumptions. Uh, you know, some, some people actually make the assumption that by buying the investment property, that they're going to be able to stop working. They're going to have all this money coming in (laughs) and they're going to be able to actually stop working. Uh, and they actually haven't done the numbers on it to know, you know, when it is that that investment property is going to start really producing for you. And, and the fact is for most of us, it's that investment property is not going to produce for us for probably 30 years. Mm. So we need to carry that thing for 30 years. And, yeah. and that's, that's a bit of a mind blower. If you look at how much you're paying off on your home in a year and how much you're investing, you know, you can make substantial growth, you know, just in, you know, those first five years, you can actually have really substantial growth um, towards mm. financial freedom and, and achieving financial freedom because you're paying off debt and you're getting investments in place. And yeah. it, it's, an ama- it's amazing the difference that makes. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Hmm. Well, I think today we hit a couple of uh, assumptions there. Um, We probably haven't got them all, but I think that started the conversation uh, for a lot of people. So um, please reach out, click the link in the show notes if you want to connect with someone from our team to get help with your finances and actually start to work through some of these assumptions and work through your situation. Or if you want to learn more about our Mortgage Crusher program uh, through our Wealth Partners, that strategy helps you eliminate your home loan and invest at the same time, which is exactly what we've been talking about in today's conversation. All right, Archie, till next time. Mm. Yeah, we'll, beautiful. We'll talk to you guys again soon. We'll pick this up next week. Thanks, Lachlan. Thanks, everyone.
And just a reminder that everything we discussed today is just education purposes only. It doesn't consider your personal financial goals or situations. We're not making any investment advice here either. So if you would like to speak to someone about your personal financial situation, head over to waymakerpodcast.com.au. There's a link in the show notes and we'll connect you with a qualified wealth advisor. Thanks for listening to Mind Over Money. We hope you have a great week or weekend if you're listening to this on a Friday. See ya.